series podcast and we're back with another episode again and we are with Supreja ji and uh, it's been a while uh, since our last episode um, right but it doesn't make a difference because i actually haven't uploaded the previous episode yet so i'll have to import this also okay. and a lot of that so yeah welcome back ji and uh, let's continue with the uh, with the uh, class like chapter 9 text 23 chapter 9 yeah okay thank you kanan happy to be back as always uh, it's true we had a break of two weeks could couldn't, couldn't help it and last class um yeah hari krishna jai shila prabhupad and last class uh, we discussed 22 the famous verse and now we are going to do 23 so in 9.23 uh, in 9.2 it's like a complete contrast to the previous verse because in the 22nd verse he was speaking of a very high level of devotee who the person who is constantly preaching or chanting the glories of the supreme lord how he personally provides what they need and preserves provides what they lack or need and preserves what they have uh, now suddenly in the next verse he's talking of those who are devotees of other gods meaning demigods and who worship them with faith but that they are actually worshiping only him but indirectly they're doing it in a wrong way so this is the famous avidhi purvakam verse ah the second sentence the second line avidhi purvakam meaning vidhi of course means according to rule and niyam and in the proper way avidhi means improper way so avidhi purvakam um this is a verse because he is saying in a very uh definitive way that demigod worship is not on of course there are demigod worshipers who may worship with the understanding that basically uh, the demigods are uh, servants of the supreme lord and they are placed in certain situations to um, help us survive in the material world but the real the really faulty worship which is being attacked here is uh, when they think that there is no difference between the gods and the supreme lord that uh, that is a completely materialistic concept that means they don't even understand how the supreme lord is very different or how the supreme lord can provide everything that the demigods they are hoping will provide and can provide even more so in one sense there is a link because in the 22nd verse he just told us that he will provide what we lack and bring, bring us anything we need in the 23rd verse he is attacking demigod worship precisely because ordinary devotees who don't know about the greatness of the supreme lord run after the demigods thinking that they will provide whatever these people are lacking so there's a clear link here and there are hundreds of stories that devotees will tell you those who are actually uh, at a top level uh, who that he really reads uh, the their wishes or those who are continuously chanting preaching writing publishing i know one lady she was our teacher Urmila Dasi and she said she always had a wish uh, she's american living in america doing a lot for children's education lots of books and uh, books which have music you know she figured out some way in which krishna books small stories where the children press a button and some music starts to play all kinds of very innovative things uh, touch and write and read and what not so she's based in america and she tries to come once a year at some expense to vrindavan mayapur etc so she always had a wish to travel in the northeast she especially for manipur because manipur is supposed to have a very rich uh, hindu culture and um, history 
and out of the blue somebody i think a life member wrote and invited her to go and stay with them paid for her ticket paid for all her travels made all the arrangements just because he wanted her to someone had recommended her and he wanted uh, some powerful western lady to come and speak to the ladies in manipur in english with translation so she says she doesn't know how he got to wind of it to wind of it because she had never heard about this life member he is not someone so prominent but he is a businessman a vaishnava businessman so her wish was fulfilled like that so uh, it's there are so many such stories now in 23 if we read the purport uh, or rather the trans- translation and the actually let's read the verse first okay ye pi anya devata bhakta यजन्ते श्रद्धाया श्रद्धाया कृष्ण For example, when a man pours water on the leaves and branches of a tree without pouring water on the root, he does so without sufficient knowledge or without observing regulatory principles. Similarly, the process of rendering service to different parts of the body is to supply food to the stomach. Okay, the demigods are, so to speak, different officers and directors in the government of the Supreme Lord. One has to follow the laws made by the government, not by the officers or directors. Similarly, everyone is to offer his worship to the Supreme Lord only. That will automatically satisfy the different officers and directors of the Lord. The officers and directors are engaged as representatives of the government and to offer some bribe to the officers and directors. this is illegal this is stated here as avidhi purvakam in other words it is improper krishna does not approve the unnecessary worship of the demigods apparently one time somebody asked shila prabhupad if shila prabhupad that ever met lord indra the devata so it was a kind of cheeky question because people were glorifying shila prabhupad as a pure devotee and so on and somebody in the audience asked uh, all right your swami ji you are so great and uh, you have uh, direct uh, instructions from your guru to preach and krishna is helping you and so on but have you met lord indra so he supposed to have said why should i bother to meet lord indra when i have direct access to the supreme lord why am i spiritual master and so on 
spiritual master gave me instructions i in this old and tattered body have come here to try to start the movement in the west and krishna is in the background providing everything i need so now why should i run after lord indra the same point made in the govardhan leela uh govardhan leela is a classic example of krishna preaching the same point telling mm. the people who live there that don't waste your time trying to worship lord indra worship me because i am here uh, you know supreme personality and uh, so when they dispensed with the uh, annual great offerings they were making to lord indra indra got angry and of course rained a torrential rain and then krishna protects those people with uh, his little finger holding up the mountain like an umbrella so that with the govardhan leela has much deeper philosophical point which people don't grasp they just grasp the annakuta or the hill full of food that's made which we celebrated recently actually even at home and uh, they all the nice eating and the feasting but there's a deep philosophical point being made here because little child krishna argues with his parents uh, nanda maharaj and yashoda and insists that they change direction it's like a new path they are taking all right so 24 actually this um, yeah, so, uh, this one to say like um, so like yeah, when it comes to um, Uh, you know the past times of krishna like i've started reading the the krishna the supreme personality of godhead book uh-huh. that finished the chaitanya charita i finished the chaitanya charitamrita uh-huh. and after after a long time i finished it and then i started in the krishna supreme personality of godhead book so it's like a it's it's like prabhupada's own way of uh, describing the chapter the 90 chapters of the 10th canto basically so Absolutely. it's a summarization of yeah, yeah, yeah. so so it's like uh, if you go to the veda base even like on the website and if you just like just for a minute if i just show you like here no uh, yeah, yeah. are you able to see see this page yeah i'm able to see yeah, yeah i'm able to see yeah so yeah, like in initially like when i finished the chaitanya charita charita amrita i was like okay should i go with this or because i in the or because in in when i searched in google i was like okay, what book should i say so somebody they were saying you should uh, you should all you should read the nectar of instruction or this or that so i just decided that as far as i'm concerned like, like all these books are there so i'll just go like one by one so even it doesn't matter like what so i'll just go like so next one was krishna book <laughs> yeah this one so it happened this happened with the next one so i did this Now after that, I'll after this gets over, then I'll have to go through this. What is the science of self-realization? Self-realization, very interesting, very interesting. It's uh, mostly dialogues and lectures that happened in different places that are put together as a book. Arguments, oh. dialogues, uh, and it's broken into three, four sections. Very interesting book. Now uh, the Krishna book. Uh, do you know? Uh, yeah, it was one of the earliest books that were got written, and I think it was financed fully. uh either by george harrison himself because as a forward right in the beginning or else i'm not sure that you can check but do you know why shila prabhupad wrote the krishna uh, just see the dedication and uh, dedication i think it is george harrison paid something no mm-hmm. it's Lovely. dedication is to his father gaur mohan de but go now to something the next one next just try from apple you know apple is that company that produced those records oh apple music records okay george harrison yeah the beatles basically the beatles see this is a this is really a write up by them the apple company is what produced 
Let's see how it ends. उट So, yeah. or the essence of the whole thing is like there in the those ninety chapters of the tenth canto of the ba- the Bhagavatam, basically. So, yeah. like, uh, I guess for people to like just get hooked on to it, like uh, more quick, quickly, or you know, get interested in 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 this is like maybe that's why. But I'm not sure. Though, like, yeah, actually, Shila Prabhupada was already writing the Bhagavatam, but he was an old man and he wasn't sure whether he would live long enough to write the tenth canto. there was every chance that death would come before that so therefore he thought the contents of the death, the 10th canto should somehow be out in circulation for reading like a summary in a simpler form and accessible to everyone and as fate would have it he did not live to complete the 10th canto he started it he definitely started it but i think he passed away around the time of the 23rd chapter i'm not sure about which chapter and then it was completed by two of his disciples based on the lectures he given and what he taught them so uh, that's one major reason but yeah the krishna book is really lovely all right so uh, the 24th so yeah you were saying that you are reading the krishna book and you which past time are you on now so i was i started on my phone i'm just i'm just checking no the exact one i think it was um I finished Trinavarta. Trinavarta is uh, yeah, the wind, wind, uh, the demon, whirlwind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now it's like uh, the I'm on the 16th chapter. It's about like subduing Kalia. Oh, subduing Kalia. Yeah, that's also lovely. Uh huh. Spewing in the Nag Nagapatni is weeping when their husband is yeah. killed, and all the poison spewing the poison out. Yeah, yeah. It's lovely. Very dramatic. Okay, so the twenty-fourth uh, verse. Yeah, shall we move on? Yeah, yeah. Because we are we are coming to a very sweet verse, which is the twenty-sixth verse. Very simple and sweet verse. Now, before that, the twenty-fourth verse. Aham hi sarvam nam bhuta cha prabhu eva cha na tu mam abhijananti. प्रभुरे अहम् ट्रांसलेटर फॉल्डर Okay, so he's saying very 
forcefully i am the only enjoyer and master yajna is sarva yajna nam he is basically the bhokta enjoyer and the lord of therefore those who do not recognize my true transcendent nature fall down meaning uh, basically again he is kind of coming down heavily on those who worship the demigods and do yagyas and so on you know you do this yagya to get this particular facility and do that yagya to get that facility in material life you get success you want money you want a good wife you want a good husband you want lunch with you not sons etc but he is ultimately the enjoyer and master and even in these other yagyas and homes they always set him up as a yagna yagna purusha in um, and they set him up and like it's called ahavahikana that is they invite him to come and be present and the tongues of the fire are considered the mouth the flames of that yagya fire are considered the mouth of vishnu so they pour ghee and they pour um, the oblations and they pour offerings or throw flowers and coconut pieces and bananas to appease so ultimately it is all about pleasing lord krishna vishnu therefore those who do not recognize my true natural nature fall down why should they fall down because it's kind of offensive to krishna they they he is there telling them that uh, you come to me i'm waiting to associate and interact with you and to taste the sweetness of whatever emotion you offer me i will give you everything that the demigods are going to give you i'll give you even more because i am in your heart the demigods are not in their heart i am in your heart as paramatma and i know exactly what you want and whether you need to get it or not get it because sometimes krishna also dishes out punishment as a favor to bring us down a peg or two to become too too proud and whatever is best and it's very much like he takes the role of a guru and they say the guru is like a potter who is uh, holding a pot firm and hammering away into like a metal pot if you see very carefully the potter has to that kind of smith has to hold it with something and kind of beat and beat at it so that it doesn't break but it bends into shape so krishna often also takes that form and provides what we lack say we really need some good punishment to bring us down we we think too much of ourselves or some faulty thinking has entered our consciousness he knows how to give us that and bring uh, like the potter so he is able to do it the demigod can't the demigod just uh, keeps granting what you want if you are able to meet the requirements and like please them uh, at the same time they don't have the power to grant unless the supreme lord sanctions so why not cut through all this complicated route and go straight to the supreme lord here it is clearly stated that there are many types of yajna performances recommended in the vedic literatures but actually all of them are meant for satisfying the supreme lord yagya means vishnu in the third chapter of bhagavad gita it is clearly stated that one should only work for satisfying yagya or vishnu the perfectional form of human civilization known as varnashram dharma is specifically meant for satisfying vishnu therefore krishna says in this verse i am the enjoyer of all sacrifices because i am the supreme master less intelligent persons have ever without knowing this fact worship demigods for temporary benefit therefore they fall down to material existence and do not achieve the desired goal of life if however anyone has any material desire to be to fulfilled he had better pray for it to the supreme lord 
although this is not pure devotion he will thus achieve the desired result so even if it is uh, sakama bhakti that is he is making certain offerings to the supreme lord but uh, it is with some intention to get something so it is called sakama bhakti there is bhakti to vishnu or krishna but it is with uh, some material desire it's still better than going after the uh, demigods because at least he's got on the track of the final destination Okay. Okay. Yeah. Next, twenty-fifth. Yeah, it's a famous verse again because it talks about our destinations. Yanti deva vrata deva pitran yanti pitra vrata utadi yanti bhuti kya yanti matyato pimam. ंग and those who worship me will will live with me but okay, and those so, who... yeah and those who worship me will live with me so he is talking about different destinations because there is a very great misconception uh, particularly amongst the impersonalists and the monotheists that yatho mat tatho pat basically meaning uh, all paths lead to the same supreme it's in bengali and it is particularly put across by the followers of the ramkrishna mission uh, there are so many paths each one takes his own fancy it all finally reaches to the supreme force of the supreme lord they don't talk about a personal form uh, but like this so that's a misconception because here it's saying clearly krishna is saying that that's not true because you worship the demigods then you will take birth among the demigods that is if you please them so much you worship the ancestors then you will go to pitra loka that's why this word pitra comes here pitra loka there's a whole world where ancestors are apparently residing i don't know more about it those who worship ghosts and spirits will take birth among such beings and those who worship me will live with me so this thing about ghosts and spirits this is real meaning those who go to those black parts of the vedas information on such black crafts is also provided here because there, there are going to be people with a taste for this so that is satisfied uh, can you read the purport please yeah um, if one has any desire to go to the moon the sun or any other planet one can attain the desired destination by following the specific vedic principles recommended for that purpose such as the process technically known as darsha purnamamsa 
Vamsa and uh, these are vividly described in the fruitive activities portion of the Vedas which recommends a specific worship of demigod seated on different heavenly planets similarly one can attain the pita planets by performing a specific yagna similarly one can go to many ghostly planets and become a yaksha raksha or pisacha pisacha worship is called black arts or black magic there are many men who practice black art and they think that it, that it is spiritualism But such activities are completely materialistic. Similarly, a pure devotee who worships the Supreme Personality of God only achieves the planets of Vaikuntha and Kshaloka without a doubt. It is very easy to understand through this important verse that by simply worshipping the demigods, one can achieve the heavenly planets or by worshipping the Pitas, achieve the Pita planet. Or by practicing the black arts, achieve the ghostly planet. Why can the... Why, why can the pure devotee not achieve the planet of Krishna or Vishnu? Unfortunately, many people have no information of these sublime planets where Krishna and Vishnu live. And because they do not know of them, um, they fall down. Even the impersonists fall down from the Brahma Jyoti. Krishna conscious, uh, uh, consciousness movement is therefore distributing sublime information to the entire human society to the effect that by simply chanting the Hare Krishna mantra, one can become perfect in this life and go back home, back to God. Okay, so uh, uh, in the last few sentences, in the purport, Prabhupada is making this point that's very important to give this information because a lot of people don't even know there is a difference between demigods and demigod worship and worshipping the Supreme Lord. That, you know, uh, different paths of worship means different destinations. They don't know all that. And what he's talking about here, Rakshasa, Pishacha worship, black arts or black magic, often it's dismissed, especially by those of scientific temperament is all hocus pocus, but it's real. And uh, especially in India and even in other cultures, and especially in Bengal and in Karnataka, in Kerala, uh, you know that wildlife writer, hunter turned uh, writer, Kenneth Anderson, uh, like Jim Corbett, his books, Kenneth Anderson, if you look up, he used to live in some part of Bangalore. His son is still alive or was alive. And he writes of manitas in areas which are today part of Bangalore city. Uh, you know, what's that called? White, not White Hill, White, white Fields. Yeah, there's some part white of Bangalore. Fields. Yeah, that's right. White Fields. And when the flood came, they were talking about Bel- Belandur, Belandur and Yamalur. These are all names that figure in Kenneth Anderson's wildlife, the man-eater of Belandur, the, you know, uh, uh, because in his time, we're talking about 100 years ago, it was all just wilderness outside the suburbs of Bangalore. So in one of these books, I've read most of his books, Man-eaters and Memories, uh, The Rogue of, that's a huge Tusker elephant, uh, The Rogue of someplace, uh, nine man-eaters and something. Very frightening and scary, but very real records of what happened in that South India. Where, because he, he was a British man based in South India. So in one of those, he, there's a huge long chapter about black magic and Pishacha worship. Of his, how he encountered it at different stages in his life. And in Kerala, there is something called Kutichatan. I don't know if you heard about it, Kuti Chatan. It is supposed to be like a imp or a, a small figure, uh, completely evil. You do different things and uh, different rituals. And through a so-called negative guru, uh, if you're able to invoke the Kuti Chatan, he literally takes possession of your body and your senses. He will give you, uh, he will give you whatever you want. 
uh, you know like desire wealth but uh, your whole nature and behavior starts changing and he talks about a lady who was quite okay i think she was an anglo indian lady living in bangalore but at some stage she got mixed up with this kind of stuff and she started behaving very strangely and people couldn't understand it's totally out of character and uh, uh, so many other instances like that and how they would do elaborate some of it was all just fake people making money killing a cock under the full moon night and then drinking the blood and so on but some of it is really frightening uh, that there's a whole world like that of black magic so here we being told about the pishachas and the rakshasas and the yakshas and even in trivandrum this there's a famous devi temple walking distance from where i live under a tree uh, called uh, altara altara because it's an alt tree or a people tree and the tara the ground the devi is worshiped there but what people don't realize that is that basically she's a yakshi it was a yakshi who resided uh, under the tree and it slowly that kind of cult and worship developed then the devasam board took it over now there's a proper pujari most people who go there think they're worshiping devi but actually it is a yakshi so there are more informed people who don't go in that direction at all so uh, here we are being told that you worship that kind of character then eventually you will end up in that planet or that kind of circumstance so it's very important to choose your object of worship carefully next verse is a really sweet verse the 26th verse after telling us all this and giving us warnings sorry giving us all these warnings now going to talk about this patram pushpam palam palam tolam toyam yomi bhaktya prayachati tad aham bhakti uparatam पत्र पुष्प फल यो मे भक्त्या प्रयाचति तद अहम् भक्ति पारतम् अश्नामि प्रयातत्मनः इफ वन ऑफर्स मी विद लव एंड डिवोशन अ लीफ अ फ्लावर अ फ्रूट और वाटर आई विल एक्सेप्ट इट सो सिंपल अ इफ वन ऑफर्स मी विद लव एंड डिवोशन अ लीफ अ फ्लावर अ फ्रूट और वाटर आई विल एक्सेप्ट इट even any one of them will do and uh, our acharyas in their commentaries are written by leaf he means specifically the tulsi leaf by flower it can be anything jasmine something nice smelling lotus whatever fruit anything water water i will accept it so he's making things so simple and uh, it's because uh, the crucial bit here is that bhaktya prayachati that if it is with love and with devotion that's what he is waiting to taste he doesn't need the leaf and he doesn't need the water to drink because he is the master of everything so this is really the idea behind prasadam that we are not just out of fear and in a ritualistic way trying to offer and then eat what we offered in each of these offerings of course it does become like a ritual i agree and then later a lot of rules apply 
but idea is to have some interaction with the lord and he is there in your puja room in a picture form or he is there on your table and people even in non veg households what people do is after a while they try and offer at least in a separate small plate a banana with a tulsi leaf on it so this is the other thing whatever is offered in food form has to have a tulsi leaf on it because uh, otherwise he won't eat it tulsi devi is so dear to him and therefore tulsi as a devi and therefore the tulsi leaves are always there on his feet or as a garland and uh, basically on his feet because always she recites at his feet uh, in a very submissive mood so all right uh, the purport if you will read please for the intelligent person for the intelligent person it is essential to be in krishna consciousness engage in transcendental loving service of the lord in order to achieve a permanent blissful abode of for eternal happiness the process of achieving such a marvelous result is very easy and can be attempted even by the poorest of the poor without any kind of qualification the only qualification required in this connection is to be a pure devotee of the lord it does not matter what one is or where one is situated the process is so easy that even a leaf or a little water or fruit can be offered to the supreme lord in genuine love and the lord will be pleased to accept it no one uh, therefore can be barred from krishna consciousness because it is so easy and universal who is such a fool he, that he does not want to be krishna conscious by this simple method and thus attain the highest perfection life of eternity bliss and knowledge krishna wants only loving service and nothing more krishna accepts even a little flower from his pure devotee he does not want any kind of offering from a non devotee he is in not he is not in need of anything from anyone because he is self sufficient and yet he accepts the offering of his devotee in an exchange of love and affection to develop krishna consciousness is the highest perfection of life bhakti is mentioned twice in this verse in order to declare more emphatic emphatic emphatically that bhakti or devotional service is the only means to approach krishna no no other condition such as becoming a brahmana a learned scholar a very rich man or a great philosopher can induce krishna to accept some offering without the basic principle of bhakti nothing can induce the lord to accept, to agree to accept anything from anyone bhakti is never casual the process the process is eternal it is direct action in the service to the absolute whole now now that you are reading the krishna book you are going to come across that um, famous leela where krishna and arjun um, krishna and balaram are playing in the forest uh, and they get tired and then when they send word to the brahmanas who are doing you know it's the wives who reciprocate the brahmanas do are too busy with the rituals and they miss the whole point so that's another nice pastime that illustrates this this verse here lord krishna having established that he is the only enjoyer the primeval lord and the real object of all sacrificial offerings reveals what type of sacrifices he desires to be offered if one wishes to engage in devotional service to the supreme lord in order to be purified and to reach the goal of life uh the transcendental loving service of god then one should find out what the lord desires one who loves krishna will give him whatever he wants and he avoids offering anything which is undesirable or unasked thus meat fish and eggs should not be offered to krishna if he desired such things as offerings he would have said so instead he clearly requests that a leaf of fruit flowers and water be given to him and he says of this offering i will accept it therefore we should understand that he will not accept meat fish eggs 
vegetables and grains fruits milk and water are the proper food for human beings and a discrepancy by lord krishna himself whatever else we eat cannot be offered to him since he will not accept it thus we cannot be acting on the level of loving devotion if you offer such foods okay actually even in ganapati worship you know the bhaktas they try or at least it comes down by word of mouth that ganapati is very fond of modakam and ummiyappam uh, and uh, in in it uh, bundi laddu and in the bombay area what is it called i don't know uh, there's another word for modakam um but so the whole point uh, between, yeah yeah i don't know. i think it's in motichur motichur uh, motichur laddu uh, correct uh. because he's seen holding it in his hand yeah. with the mouth mouth such as feet so the whole idea in bhakti really is that even when it's a demigod you try and find out what that deity likes because that's the kind of personal touch to it it's like if a guest is coming you find out what the guest can eat and can't eat and cook accordingly or serve accordingly can you read the next verse yeah. please in the third chapter verse 13 Shri Krishna explains that only the remains of sacrifice are purified and fit for consumption by those who are seeking advancement in life and release from the clutches of the material entanglement. Those who do not make an offering of their food, uh, he says in the same verse, are eating only sin. In other words, they are very, their every mouthful is simply deepening their involvement in the complexities of material nature. But preparing nice, simple vegetable dishes, offering them before the picture of or deity of lord krishna and bowing down and praying for him to accept such a humble offering enables one to advance steadily in life to purify the body and to create fine brain tissues which will lead to clear thinking above all the offering should be made with an attitude of love krishna has no need of food since he already possesses everything that be yet he will accept the offering of one who desires to please him in that way the important element in preparation in serving and in offering is to act with the love with love for krishna you know therefore there is this famous story of vidura uh, and his wife who got so excited when they heard lord krishna is visiting their house that uh, they had nothing to offer because they were not prepared and they had some bananas and in the general confusion the story goes that they were offering the skin of the bananas instead of the banana they were peeling and getting the banana ready and because they were so excited by his visit and overcome with the uh, excitement and or loving excitement they were, he was vidura was offering the skin but krishna was not taking offense and story goes that he was even eating the skin and not pointing out anything he was generally enjoying the excitement that it, it had caused so the impersonalist philosophers who wish to maintain that the absolute truth is without senses cannot comprehend this verse of bhagavad gita to them it is just a metaphor or proof of the mundane character of krishna the speaker of the bhagavad gita but in actuality krishna the supreme god had a senses transcendental senses it is stated that his senses are interchangeable in other words one sense can perform the function of any other for example you know we are told that uh, the primordial vishnu when he gets up from his slumber he just uses his eyes and glances over material nature and he can impregnate material nature all the jivas kind of pop out and start taking uh, birth in their respective karmic situations so that means that one sense can perform the sense function of another that is what it means to say that krishna is absolute lacking senses 
he could hardly be considered full in all opulences in the seventh chapter krishna has explained that he impregnates the living entities into material nature this is done by his looking upon material nature and so in this instance krishna's hearing the devotee's words of love in offering food stuff is wholly identical with his eating and actually tasting this point should be emphasized because of his absolute position his hearing is wholly identical with his tasting and eating only the devotee who accepts krishna as he describes himself without interpretation can understand that the supreme absolute truth can eat food and enjoy okay so here uh, actually your the open talks i think it was a second uh, talk it makes this point very nicely that uh, the impersonalists also sometimes accept a form of the lord but they accept it as a temporary device to focus their mind for meditation and they feel when they have reached the goal they just dispense that's very offensive it's not pure uh, devotion it's offensive because you're using the form of the lord as a imaginary device you know whereas the difference is that real bhakti yoga it's not like that it's uh, he exists he can hear you inside that stone form and therefore we are very careful when he handle pictures and and so on he hears he eats the offerings he enjoys all the worship that he's given okay so can we stop here because it's 6 o'clock and because of my medication i'm feeling little tired i eat some yeah, 12 yeah. tablets every day okay that's that's yeah. fine for you yeah that's fine so i'll just okay. stop the yeah i'll stop the recording mm-hmm.